0: I don't want it to sound like threes are surface level or like they're all about the aesthetic it's not that it's just that for them Oh, she's all about her aesthetic
1: <sighs> <laughs> i have no aesthetic to my life so like i'm just kind of like whatever <laughs> check my instagram it literally doesn't even like but you know try- <laughs>
2: the, the amount of times you say the word aesthetic though <laughs> <laughs> listen i love that word aesthetic <laughs> aesthetic
1: Hey there, gals! Hey there, gals! And welcome
2: back for another episode of the Gals Guide. Welcome back! And guess what? Today is April tenth. Yeah. And what that means? <laughs> she released new music.
1: Yep, I sure did. <laughs> uh, you know, from my bedroom studio, aka my uh, desk and uh, my mic and Logic. So fun but times. No, it- it sounds good. Tell everybody about it. Tell them like where you can get it, what it's called, all that. Jazz. So it's called Tennessee, and you can get it pretty much on any streaming platform. It even made its way to TikTok. Ooh. Um, so that was an option whenever. Wait, so I was... can I
2: can I do a TikTok with the song?
1: Yes, like you could oh. do you could do the savage dance to my song.
2: Like a slowed I'm down that. version. i I'm mean, doing that.
1: I would, I would appreciate it. Like, <laughs> I don't care if you're just freaking watching birds fly to the song. Like, just as long as you use the sound, then we're good.
2: Get her TikTok famous. That'd be so cool.
1: I mean, it Imagine. really wouldn't because I don't... I mean, they make a lot of money from TikTok. Like, really? I've seen people post that, like, big influencers on TikTok make from, like, thirty to $40,000. Some of them a post. Like, I'm sure Charlie, we all know Charlie, the 15-year-old who's like... Hell rich. Cleo? She makes like a ton of money per post. And some of her posts are dumb. Just saying. I mean,
2: I'm just thriving off of my dog's fame <laughs> from TikTok. She's got to ride that wave. You need to bring I Chloe ride. back. <laughs> I do. I need to. I need to bring Chloe back. Cause I mean, that one video of hers got like 300,000 views. I did have another TikTok go like semi viral. It's still like making its rounds today within the theater community on TikTok. <laughs> Look at um, you. <laughs> was talking about like the last five years versus a marriage story and yeah it's it's a delight i'm still putting out tiktoks though and embarrassing myself on the daily i actually got the guy i'm interested in on tiktok he is he joined last as of last night and And he already made three tiktoks and i was like dang man he was really bored he's been alone in his apartment for like a month now he is going insane which you saw in the tiktoks yeah i did
1: i was i was a little concerned
2: for him <laughs> at one point he did one where he was like it was like high school musical breaking free and then like at the part where it's like it was so red flying <laughs> he, like jumped off his bed and like skydived into the ground it was hysterical he is very chaotic oh my I god i was a
1: little upset that he didn't show the like aftermath of the skydiving because i wanted
2: to see how he landed because it looked Girl. really uncomfortable <laughs> i wanted to say i was like are you okay like i laughed and i was like are you okay and he's like no i'm fine i was like I don't know. He probably did a tuck and roll or something. I don't know. He good. He he's a Scorpio. So like, you know, he's all over the place. He is just very chaotic energy 24 seven. He is Scorpio. I asked him like on our first day what his zodiac was. Of you course. You would. You would. <laughs> Homeboy was ready to go, though. He was like, I'm a Scorpio sun, uh, an Aries rising and a Sagittarius moon, whatever the hell that means. And I'm like, oh, you chaotic. Like you chaotic chaotic like you a scorpio sun and an aries rising <laughs> i don't really chaotic. know
1: much about scorpio but i'll have to read up read up on that well one. i
2: know a lot of serial killers are scorpios awesome good choice <laughs> they're pretty all, okay. pretty
1: much killing it <laughs> <laughs> last no pun <dude>. intended <laughs> oh my god
2: last dude I did it was a Virgo and apparently a lot of Virgos are serial killers so they're like super analytical I don't mm-hmm. know I know Scorpios like everybody says like they are just like from my knowledge they're just like evil like they are I don't know if this, they have a lot of anger because that's you that's the Aries y'all got all the anger I got some anger man sometimes oh my god. sometimes you just can be fired got up. on here it was coming through I was like girl I just hopped on why are we already cutting at my throat <laughs> i have been by myself too long you are like literally about to just like fire is going to shoot out from every orifice of your body if you have to stay inside any longer i'm at the point where i'm like yeah i'm a fire sign but i'm just like this is where i live now this has become like i've just accepted it i'm like in a weird place about it because i see the good it's
1: doing and i see the whatever it's called the curve going down Mm. or whatever but then at the same time it's like when when do we go back you know so i'm trying not to dwell on it but it's everywhere it's on the new like it's on every channel it's
2: every commercial it's every news station but that's when you just turn everything off because i mean i literally was like talking to my therapist this morning about everything um we did like a tele like therapy like phone session um and we're just talking about it and like i was just frustrated because i'm like there is no end to this like And like, like we don't know, we don't have an end date. So that makes me anxious. And then my life plans of me moving and getting a job and graduating and graduating to such a terrible economy have been put to a halt. I was just like, it it makes you anxious and everything. And she always reminds me about living in the present that even though it's because I have control issues, that's where my anxiety stems from is that if I can't be in control of something, then I get anxiety about it. the one thing she always tells me, she was like, just staying present and not, like, sitting there, like, reading the news, like, I just don't, I have not turned on my TV in, like, forever, mainly because I watch everything, like, on streaming, but, like, not giving attention to a lot of those things, and not getting on social media, because I judge other people about how, like, they're being so productive, yet the only thing I could do today was get out of bed and brush my teeth, and dealing with that, and just reminding myself that I'm not responsible for everybody else's life, it's only my life that I'm responsible for, and what am I doing to make myself feel better, feel calmer. I also have asthma. So a part of me is like, yeah, I probably should be worried a little bit because like I am within the immune compromised people that could die from this um if it was to get into my lungs i'm also <laughs> just about to go like go crazy just from being inside that i to the point where i'm just like accepted this new normal and knowing that this cannot go on forever so that but there will eventually be an end and by focusing on connections with other people doing things to occupy my time whether that is going outside and working out outside or just channeling that anxious energy into something else and being okay if the only thing i do do that day is get out of bed and brush my teeth being okay with that being my day and it's totally fine
1: yeah i mean i definitely see like the positives of this like i think i needed to slow down because i put a lot of pressure on myself to do like 1500 different things at one time like a full-time speech therapist running this podcast like trying to do music trying to be a girlfriend trying to be a friend trying to be a family member like i really really stretched myself thin, and so this has kind of forced me in a not fun way to like back off on all of those things and it's been really hard for me but like it caused me to sit down in my bedroom and write and record and release a song which I haven't done in over a year so
2: exactly.
1: like that was good but like I think my anxiety stems from like turning 26 having all of these new bills that I have to pay mm. having loan bills which I know they've pushed the payments but right now it's zero interest so I'm trying to pay on them so that 100% of it will go to my principal and then not getting a paycheck that's Like, my paycheck is really, really, really um, small compared to what it was. So it's just I have money saved, but I don't want to dip into that because that's for other things in my life. And so Mm -hmm. I think I just am, like, anxious. And when they keep pushing it back, it's like – Okay, well when like when do
2: we get to go back and do these things that we're supposed to be doing and the thing that comes from that is just when people like other people who are not taking it as seriously as we are, when they start taking it seriously, the sooner we can go back. It's the people who aren't taking it seriously who are still going to the grocery store Every day, or like doing stuff like hanging out, like people in Florida who were doing like the spring break and like having like 30,000 people like on a beach, like stuff like that. Like, that's what's not gonna make it go quicker. I am thankful that we are not like LA where they have a curfew and everything like that, and it is a little bit stricter. And that's another thing, too, remembering that it's not martial law either. You are allowed to leave your house, just be smart like don't be dumb if you're gonna go somewhere where you could be in contact with like 30 people or like however many people like at the grocery store just be smart like just don't think that you're immune to this even though like I joke about that I probably am because I already think I had this but, but like <laughs> low-key I feel like you might actually have had it like you were, in New-
1: you were in New York
2: in February like yeah I went through like LaGuardia and there's a ton of people from around the world at this convention center there were a ton of people there at the convention center that were sick but I mean someone tried to tell me that like I think it was the guy I'm seeing he was trying to say like well you would have died like you would have been sick I'm like well besides the fact that I have asthma I am a very healthy person outside of well, that My you're lungs also younger
1: yeah like you're yeah. younger like yeah you have asthma but you're like a younger person with asthma and you are healthy outside of that like not everybody yeah. that has issues underlying issues has
2: died from this so yeah
1: that's you know
2: yeah like i have asthma but i've only had one asthma attack in my life um so there's that too i just you know can't breathe when i run
1: it's <laughs> exercise <laughs> induced i mean you have it all the time but like exercise really does yeah. probably bring it out in you
2: yeah so i mean that's just the thing that i've been trying to like alleviate with people like if i like i will be honest like i did go see like the guy i'm seeing like i did go see him like last week the days are going together <laughs> I honestly don't know i remember I it, you telling
1: me but i don't remember I think it was last
2: week yeah i went over and i ended up spending the night and i knew that it was a safe decision because like he had not been around literally anyone for two weeks so i was like you know we, like we good like it's cool and just being around another human person like a human being just was refreshing and different and, and regenerating all the words that give you power and energy like it was just nice so i mean I think that, like, if you have, like, a go-to, like, buddy, I've seen people hanging out in parking lots, like, in the back of their trunks of their car. Just popped up, just chilling. Which, I mean, all I'm saying is that after this, I am never going to turn down an invite anywhere. You asked me to go out, I'm going. <laughs> like, I was going to say, like, whenever
1: we're finished with this, I'm going to be so excited to hang out with people that if I do turn down something, then you know something's up. Because I'm uh, going out every night. I well, every I night. can't do that. <laughs> uh physically, (laughs) mentally, emotionally. Emotionally. (laughs) But like, I think we'll not take things for granted as much as we did before. But I hope everyone else out there is like trying to enjoy their time at home as much as possible and just doing things that you didn't get to do before. I think we talked about this in our like new normal thing, like Mm -hmm. starting a book that you've been wanting to or starting a show or writing a
2: book if you're A writer, I'm not. But also, if you don't do anything, that is okay too. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so we hope that we have been a huge part of your entertainment, and we want to continue that entertainment today. We have our first guest ever on the podcast coming on today. Her name is Epiphany James. She is one of my personal friends. She knows Hannah as well. She goes. She is a film producer alongside of me. I have worked with her and collaborated with her many times on different projects and. She is a huge fan and attests for the Enneagram, which is something that Hannah and I, we are slow... I feel like I know about probably just like... hairline more than you do, just because I've heard her talk about it to me personally. But we are going to have her on today to talk about Enneagrams, give a nice little break from everything, learn something new, learn something new about yourself. You know, We're all about self-care and uh, self-discovery in it right now, and maybe this will help you <laughs> along with that journey today. Yeah, I'm super excited
1: for this. I know next to nothing about the Enneagram, um, so I'm really excited to hear what Epiphany has to say. And I think it's a fun little thing that you guys can do at home um, during this time while you're just like chillin. it's different from the zodiac sign so it's kind of cool to learn something new about yourself um, that you may not have known before alrighty so
2: we have in the zoom studio today we have epiphany James from the bare face of brunch podcast to talk about 90 grams today so how are you how are you doing today
0: I'm doing
2: really well i am super pumped
0: because human interaction <laughs> even if it's on zoom it's still it still counts it's more it than just a little bit me and my puppy dog
2: <laughs> how have you been holding up through all this quarantine and everything Hannah and I've been talking about like what we've been doing, um, every day just to keep ourselves sane and mentally stable. Yeah. Well, yeah.
0: My, my cocktail making skills have increased, <laughs> <laughs> but I've been just as busy just because I mean, Em, you know, grad school is still grad school and, um, mm-hmm. we still have slates we're trying to get done. So I've still been hustling really hard, but it's, it's a lot of like, okay, I think I'm going to take my dog outside just
2: so I can breathe some fresh air and yeah, and trying new recipes and new drinks. Yeah. I I debated working outside this morning just because I was like, I need vitamin D. I need the sunshine or something. I literally just went and sat on my deck for
1: like an hour. I didn't do anything. I was like scrolling on my phone. I was like, I just need a minute to just like
0: be in the sun.
2: Now's a great time to get a tan if any. That's true. Yeah, for
1: sure. My
0: house starts feeling like an airplane cabin where it's like, is this recycled air? Like what?
2: I I need space. Right. So we brought you on the podcast today to talk about Enneagrams, but if you want, please tell the people who you are, what you do, what you're about, where they can find you and everything. Yeah. Um. Well, I'm Epiphany James.
0: I am a film producer, podcaster, and a huge self-development junkie, which is kind of what got me into my podcast. And I'm also just really, really big in empowering women, especially female voices with my stories, and then also just female-owned businesses and entrepreneurship. I think it's super, super cool when a woman like, takes. That vote of confidence in herself, and
2: I'm all about supporting it whenever I can. Awesome! And you have you said you have your own podcast, The Bareface Brunch. Can you tell everybody a little bit about that? Yes, of course. So it's a podcast for women who
0: never accept the status quo and are always looking for ways to expand themselves. Um, my best friend and I started it last year because we love podcasts, but we missed vulnerability when we were listening to um, like mega influencers talk about life on the other side of success. And success is such an elusive word all together, but we really wanted to open a dialogue about what it means to grow and to recognize that it takes really bold self-work to be the boss babes we need to be in order to build and lead an empire because I think we all have big dreams for our lives and what we can accomplish, but that's that's the bare-faced part is just getting really raw and authentic about the journey. And then the brunch in our name is because, well, who doesn't love brunch? But also because if you think about it, all about like quality time with your girls laughing, sharing stories, and talking about the things that really matter. And the best part is it's all over a mimosa
2: or several. Um, So that's the atmosphere. (laughs) You guys like share like a recipe like with every like episode or something like that, like, like a drink or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. We always send our episodes
0: with, um, with a, with a brunchy type question. And then, uh, we share recipes on our, on our blog, on our website, which is barefacedbrunch.com. So my partner's out on maternity leave this season. So I'm, I'm carrying the torch solo, but it's been, it's been a lot of fun.
2: I love it so much. Yeah. You've been doing like the quarantine talks. Oh yeah, Quaranzini talks. (laughs) Which actually like leads us into why we're doing like today's episode because your most recent one you talked about Enneagrams and I love that one Hannah and I both listened to that one you are like all about the Enneagram and you, how I know about it is literally through you <laughs> so I feel like we really wanted to bring you on and talk about it because you I know you personally you like to use it when it comes to like your work and everything like that and it really helps you with all of that so we would love to hear what like what are Enneagrams because for people like us like me and Hannah like I, what I know is basically from you and I've passed on information to Hannah about it so if you could explain like to everybody what who doesn't know what Enneagrams are, what exactly it is. Yeah,
0: well, it's a personality assessment at first
2: glance. I think that's
0: the easiest box to put it into. So much like Myers-Briggs and um, Strength Finders, that sort of thing. But the more Mm -hmm. you study it, the more it becomes a roadmap for self-development. I kind of think of it as like peeling back the layers of whatever personality you build up as a young person in order to survive so that you can reveal who you truly are underneath all of that and begin to thrive. So I kind of equate it to waking up from sleepwalking. Like we've all been operating in the world in a way that really was set up in our childhood because we felt like that was the way that would help us get by in our homes, like regardless of what that atmosphere was like. And so part of growing up, I think, and like that self-growth is going back to that and figuring out what's still working for you and what isn't rather than just, like I said before, accepting the status quo and, and working in a way that that maybe is getting in the way of personal growth
1: that's so interesting I didn't really know like anything about it so that kind of gives like a clear picture of like what the enneagram is but what got you into enneagrams like what drew
0: you into learning more about them I read a lot of books books. It's a way for me to disconnect from technology before I go to sleep. And so I was reading a book called Reading People um, by Ann Bogle. And I I kind of thought it was going to help me like be a spy. (laughs) I was like, ooh, (laughs) I can read people. I can read their minds. Um, It wasn't that. But she did break down like all of these different ways to understand yourself and therefore to understand others better, which was super cool too. And when she said about the Enneagram chapter, she was like, you'll know your number when the description of it hurts your feelings. And I was like, uh, (laughs) okay. But like deep down, like I knew that that's what I needed. I needed something to not say like, here are your highlights. These are your strengths. I wanted something to be like, here's where you suck like here's where you really need to get uncomfortable because that's how you're gonna grow Mm.
2: so yeah i went down the rabbit hole here we are that's interesting because i mean when you so i had taken and we'll get into this i had taken an enneagram test when i first met you and then i didn't feel like i like resonated with that type and then you were like oh no like you were this one and when you told me the one i was i was like okay like what makes me that one and you read me some of the stuff you're like fear of vulnerability and i was like oh crap (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's like I've been called out. Cool. Yes. Cool. Love that. Yeah how did how did you find like learning about enneagrams like change your life and why do you feel like they are important for other people to know about? Uh, well, to put it in the context of of
0: my my life my experiences. Uh, I'm a type four and we'll get more into that but like a big part of being a type four is feeling misunderstood and feeling like there's this deep sort of flaw about myself that keeps me from fitting in in the world like as if the world was a large puzzle and my piece just didn't quite click in and it's just been ingrained in me for years and years and years so when I read that almost verbatim in a description of a type four I wept like I just cried and I felt known and understood for the first time and then knowing that has really helped me with my relationships because before I used to isolate myself um, from my friends because my inner dialogue convinced me that I'd always be on the outside so like why get rejected you know and now I recognize that's my inner dialogue that doesn't mean it's true so when that kind of negative thought process starts in my head I can acknowledge it and then I can take action steps to actually be intentionally like to move closer to those that I love versus pushing people away so it's it's been a game changer it, it helps me see that part of myself that was hurting my
2: ability to connect with people that I love oh, that's so interesting do you feel like because I, I know some people like they can think like with the Enneagram like it's probably just something like a personality test in some way but I know you've talked about it being like so much more than that uh, is there any way that you can describe it like being different, like from like astrology or like the Myers Briggs, like the 16 personalities and things like that.
0: Well, I would I would like to say that I have a I have a deep respect for all of those things. Like I think any modality that helps us be like happier and more at peace and have that, that deeper sense of self-knowledge is a good thing. I just think that the Enneagram is so powerful because it's an empathy machine. It helps me not just understand myself and have more grace and empathy for my own walk on this planet, but it really helps helps me see others like even in their messiness even in their like hurtfulness sometimes now I have a framework to understand okay they have a certain lens for how they see the world and this is a huge like it's like I have a a, a tool like a, a magnifying glass in my tool box that helps me see okay they're acting this way because they're operating from this viewpoint and that just helps me that helps me have more grace with them that helps me have better more productive conversations with them and I don't know I I feel like the fact that it does hurt you before it helps you sets it apart because a lot of the other ones are the opposite they kind of like fluff you up and and shine a light on your positive attributes which is good too but I equate this to physical therapy there's some working through the discomfort so that you can really see
2: the progress it's a good way to put it actually
1: I like that a lot because I feel like when I was reading it, like like, you'd said, like it kind of like hurt, but it was just kind of like, oh, okay, yeah, that does describe me. And it was like, I didn't want to be like, I didn't want to agree with what they were saying. And I feel like when I read like my Aries stuff, like it's very like uplifting and like, oh, yeah, like that's totally me. And so this was a little bit different. And I don't like being wrong and like finding the things that are wrong about me. So I thought it was really interesting to be able to like read that about myself. And and after I like got over the, oh, and don't want to hear this like be able to resonate with it
0: oh yeah i've had deep negative responses before to different descriptions of me like no way that can't be true and then i i check myself i'm like hmm why am i responding this way epiphany maybe we don't want to acknowledge that that's how we work you know (laughs) that's why i really like looking at those um they're kind of like they have the astrology meme accounts on instagram they have enneagram meme Mm -hmm. accounts as well and they're great because they kind of let you laugh at it
2: like you can kind of have a light spirit about what? Huh? Your flaws. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like I see so many people posting those like on their Instagram story and sharing them and everything like that. So that's been like my main like one of my main reasons why I like wanted to know more about it and get into it just so I could feel like a part of the club and everything. And I feel like Instagram has definitely like been the main reason this has gotten so popular. just from that being shared all over people's stories. Um and people like I don't know, I I don't know. I I always loved taking those kind of tests and just like, oh let me learn more about myself today. (laughs) Like what else do i like kind of thing so we have all taken you sent us a test to take and me and hannah have already taken it and we discovered our types and we were talking about that before we started recording today about understanding them on a deeper level and we're going to go through all the different types of enneagrams but we first want to talk about us <laughs> and talk about and talk about what our types are and if you guys are similar to us if you relate to us if you're the same enneagram type. That'd be really cool. Let us know uh, on social. But yeah, so Epiphany, you are a type four. What the heck is that? I am. I'm a four
0: out of nine, by the way. There are nine Enneagram numbers, um, which we will go through. But the four is called the romantic or the individualist. And uh, we're deeply creative. We feel like a depth of emotions that is truly unparalleled in the other numbers. Um, that's just statistics like science, <laughs> which means we're powerful creators. That doesn't mean that all, say, musicians or artists are fours, but a lot will maybe tend in that direction because art becomes an outlet for these deep emotions that we don't really know how to find the words for, if that makes sense. So we can be really great creators, but we have to push past our low side. So there's a high side and a low side to all the numbers. Um, as romantics, we can over romantic. The people in our lives, our relationships, our dreams. So, it sounds kind of negative, but we can be easily disappointed when the idealized versions of those people disappoint us, or when our big dreams don't come true. And and a lot of times, like especially with our dreams, it's because. For struggle with action, like they're, they're not action oriented. So I'm really glad I actually have a three wing and we'll talk about wings in a bit. But I think if I didn't have that, I don't know how I'd get anything done. But yeah, that leads us to Hannah because Hannah, you're a three.
1: Yeah, I took it and I'm a three, but I don't know anything about it. So Tiffany, (laughs) will you explain to our
0: people what a three is <laughs> yeah absolutely well you're a badass um then the, the performers what the type 3 is called and these guys have a superpower for being able to like walk into a room and scan the personalities and like a, kind of adapt themselves on the spot in order to fit in they they very much want to be seen as successful and accomplished and they want to kind of set out they've always got a goal you know with with each interaction with each project there's always this like they're very very goal goal oriented. So they love what I call um, trophies uh, or outward signifiers of personal success, such as like an important business title or a nice car, an award, any of those things. And I I don't want it to sound like threes are surface level or like they're all about the aesthetic. It's not that. It's just that for them... Oh, she's all about her aesthetic. (sighs) (laughs) I have no aesthetic to my life. So like
1: I'm just kind of like, whatever. (laughs) Check my Instagram. It literally does. 't
0: even like but
2: there you is try know the, the amount of times you say the word aesthetic though <laughs>
0: listen I love that word aesthetic <laughs> aesthetic it is a nice one it's very pleasing to hear yeah so I I mean I personally I wouldn't want to build any team in a business without a three because as a four if I have a goal or a dream or, or a plan threes will know exactly how to break it down into action steps like they are list makers they are box checkers like that is their jam um the lower side however is they they can be what we call like a sleep to themselves and it's because they're so good at being who they need to be to reach their goals to work the room to like you know it's just it's a struggle because when you wear those different types of personalities to fit in then you kind of wonder who you are underneath all of it so the work of a three is to do something just for you, um, like that no one else even knows about. This isn't for the accolades. This isn't for the comments. It's just to see, like, who are you and how do you approach this project without that thought process of what others will think, see, or
2: compliment them on. That was actually like originally like what I tested as, like, when I first took it, and I was like, I don't feel like that's me. So you told me that I was a type eight though. Yeah, with a strong seven wing for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so what what all does that mean? What all does what all is an eight? I've heard it's a very more masculine type though. Yeah, well, it's really
0: hard, even in modern times, for women who are eights, because a lot of times they'll hear the sentence like you're too much. Like you just need to be less. <laughs> Don't even listen to that. Ignore it completely. But we we really as a society struggle with Super strong-minded females, unfortunately, even in 2020. Um, but yeah, the eights are the called the challenger. I love eights. I I love each of the numbers, of course. But like eights, because they challenge me. Like it fires me up and it gets me super motivated because I'm competitive. So let's see, they're huge motivators without even trying. Like they're not even paying attention to you. Like they're just doing the thing the best they can. Like that's kind of the eights life. Like their name, they are known for perhaps. Picking a fight or two, especially challenging authority. It's not necessarily mean-spirited. It usually isn't. It's, it's kind of their way of testing you, like whoever's in charge, to make sure you are actually competent, that you're actually trustworthy. Because AIDS feel like they know. Like they can spot a fraud and they're going to call you out if you are one. And they're definitely not going to listen to you if you are one, you know? So it's, it's not that they always want to be in control, but they definitely do not want to be controlled by someone who is seen as kind of unworthy of the position. So you can sometimes see AIDS as bullies, like that can be the gut reaction, but that's, that's really not true. It's quite the opposite. They're huge advocates for the underdog. They want to fight injustices deeply, but that being said, their low side and their difficulty is, is really in allowing others to do their job because aides have a deep sense of wanting to do it their way. Compromise and active listening is really difficult for them. But if you have an aide as a friend, you could not have a bigger advocate on your side. They're deeply loyal, but there just has to be that mutual trust first. Oh, that's correct.
1: <laughs> I can I can attest to that. It's all correct. <laughs>
2: i i mean i definitely that's like one like i've always said like i want to be my own boss one day mainly because i don't want anybody to be the boss of me i just like being in charge because then i can only be mad at myself i can't be mad at anybody else if they mess up but i also even think too like with being like super loyal i've always said i'm very loyal and i've always attested it to like being a leo but i also like I mean even with Hannah like I feel like I'm super like like a big like motivator cheerleader for her to like talk about her music more (laughs) and push her to do gigs and stuff like that but I'm like that with a ton of my friends I feel like I am like that with everybody I know especially in the arts and I always wondered like for a long time like I was like why am I not a four like I feel like I would be a four and then you said the whole action thing I was like that, that's why I'm not right. a four because I very and much like I just do it like without like I'm not like the person that would sit there and like process it before I do it I just act
0: well and when you make a decision Emily do you make it out of like a feeling or do you make it out of like this gut reaction or is it an intellectual choice it's probably like a gut reaction exactly yeah, yeah. so the eights are in the gut triad which we'll talk about later so that's another easy yeah. way if because type threes and type eights can mistype as each other because they're both tend to be very accomplished and they want to be even more accomplished but um the inner motivations and then where they make their decisions from is going to be different so that would be the difference between a three
2: and an eight Mm -hmm. so now that we know who we are can you break down all the different types like and like simple terms and everything like whatever you feel like
0: yeah yeah, well, I've read five books about the Enneagram and oh, I don't wow. see that to gas myself, say that to gas myself up. I'm just <laughs> saying that as in the Enneagram is incredibly complex. So I am going to boil them down. This means just a couple of caveats that one, I'm speaking to the archetype version of it, which, which probably means they're not fully in a healthy space. If you're any of these numbers in a super healthy space, you're actually going to be harder to type, if that makes sense, because you would be doing the work of peeling away um, some of these things. So these qualifiers. So I'm describing an archetype. This may not describe you perfectly, but that's why we do the work of digging deeper and reading more about the subtypes and where we go in stress and all those things, okay? So type one.
2: <laughs> no pressure. <laughs>
0: uh, I know. Type one is the perfectionist. I kind of broke them down into these I am statements. You know, the famous one, like, I think therefore I am. That I'm going to equate to the type five, which is the investigator, but I broke down the rest of them into what their I am statements would be. So, the perfectionist is I do perfectly, therefore I am. And I see the perfectionist as they're they're very they love rules, they love black and white sort of right wrong thinking. They're very moral people. They also are the type of people who have like the way to load a dishwasher. There is no other way. There's the way. <laughs>
2: Any other way is wrong. So my mom. So my mom. Okay, there cool. There's
0: exactly one way. <laughs> and that is that. <laughs> but for them, like creating that perfection, whether it's having the perfectly manicured yard or the, the perfect loaded dishwasher. Like even in the tiny things that creating the perfection is, it gives them a sense of security. And they think that they're they're always going to have this laundry list of to-do thing, to-do list for the house, to-do list for their business, to-do list for their lives. And they're never going to get to the bottom because they're perfectionists. But that pursuit of perfect gives them a sense of security. So for them, that's their I am statement. Type two is the helper. I help others, therefore I am. I would say like the the kind of way that we see Martha Stewart is perhaps the helper where you go to their house and it's like perfectly clean and they've got fresh flowers so it smells nice and cookies are already in the oven and there's a book by your bed so you have something to read when you stay the night like that's the helper if you're sick they're for sure bringing you a casserole that's the helper but the the thing about the helper is because they think I help others therefore I am that's where they place their personal value so let's say if they ever I don't know break a leg, you know? Um, Like my mom's a helper and she tore her ACL once and so she had to be cared for. That was super, super, super hard for her because she feels way more comfortable caring for others. And if she doesn't have that ability to care for others, it really hurts a two's feeling of self-worth. Like, Oh my God, if I can't do these things, will I still be loved? The answer is for sure yes, if it's a healthy relationship. But that's kind of the inner dialogue of a type two.
2: Would you say people who like, if they like, probably deal with codependency issues, like would be a type two? Definitely possible, but
0: codependency could happen with an unhealthy version of a lot of these numbers. Because then what happens is you would find the number that's sort of the opposite of you and cling to them and become codependent to them to kind of rule you in a
2: way to, so that you don't have to take that. Yeah. (laughs) I I get, I get, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. Because I mean, just a lot of this, a lot of the stuff that you were saying about like a type two, like wanting to like, I know like with codependency and this is something that we've, been wanting to talk about like on the podcast and doing a whole episode on like with codependents a lot of them especially in romantic relationships fixing other people and focusing on other people's problems so they don't have to focus on their own problems is something that a lot of codependents deal with and so that's why I was wondering like, if it was something to, like if a type twos like usually like fall into that or if it's something that any type could really be a codependent person yeah I mean they they could
0: fall quicker into that just like a four could fall quicker into say depression a, a lot of the famous mm-hmm. fours are people like Van Gogh and Amy Winehouse and an artist who left the earth, you know sooner than we would have thought they would, you know? So it, it's really interesting how you can see patterns with numbers, um, but being a number doesn't mean that that's your life trajectory. It just, it can make oh. you more susceptible to it, I guess. Yeah, yeah I get you. I get you. Yeah. Um, so then threes are the performer. This is the I accomplished, therefore I am. And we talked about that a bit, but they very much find their value in those outward, in compliments, they feel that's their security blanket is their accomplishments. That's where they place their self-worth. I am worthy because I have accomplished these things. And that makes them feel like they're doing life right. And so the struggle then is the opposite. If you're, if you're struggling with feeling known, if you're in a work position, for instance, where your boss doesn't appreciate you, that would be a really unhealthy space for a three to be in because it would demotivate them entirely. Because what's the point kind of if they're not going to be seen and complimented and like appreciated for all the work that they put into because they're very hard workers. And then type fours is the romantic, which we talked about too. That's me. They, that is, I feel deeply. Therefore I am. They can over-identify with their emotions. Type's Type fours can. So, you know, they are our artists and creatives a lot of times, but they have to understand like the work of a four is to recognize when they're over identifying with their feelings and then to learn to kind of separate from it and move forward. What does that action forward look like? Because remember, fours are doing repressed. So that's why they can stay in a place of melancholy is because they'll over-identify with an emotion. They'll feel like so different from the world and so un- Seen and un- misunderstood, and then they can kind of couch themselves in that. And because they're doing repressed, they won't take those um, action steps to to move forward. So it's it can it's a lovely place to be. I love being a four, but I'm so glad for the enneagrams so I can avoid those um, those low so times. I also
2: know I also know so many fours. Oh yeah, I feel like and maybe it's because we I, we 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 go to art yep. school, <laughs> and maybe that's why. <laughs> But I feel like I have so many in my life. It's so weird. Yeah,
0: well, fours um, statistically are, are the, the least common of the numbers. They say type sixes are actually the one of the more common ones. But yes, they are in higher numbers at liberal arts conservatories for sure. And there could be something just about like your personality that draws them. Because like I said, being doing repressed, I always feel super inspired when I see threes or eights that are super action oriented. I'm like, whoa. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I step up my game, you know? <laughs> Yeah, so that that could also be like like I said earlier, you're you're a motivator without even trying, so people see that and they they kind of gravitated towards it. So and then uh, five is the investigator, and this is the I think therefore I am, and fives are they intellectualize their emotions, which is really interesting. So they would almost be like I think I feel this way, or I think this is why I feel this way, but it would be hard for them to just say I feel this way. Their security blanket. So oh. Yes, probably. (laughs) (laughs) I know who you speak of. Um, (laughs) Yeah. So um, their their security blanket, though, is uh, like my dad. For instance, is a five, and he has like five masters in these like really obscure topics. And I think that for him, it's just a security blanket. He he finds his self worth in saying, "Look at these topics that I know so much about." You know, that helps them operate better within the world because apart from that, apart from their niche knowledge, they can feel a sense of deep unworthiness, actually. And then type sixes is the loyalist. (laughs) I say I plan, therefore I am. And it's because loyalists, they are deeply loyal, but they're also deeply fearful. They tend to make a plan for the worst always. It's like, yeah, let's hope for the best, but plan for the end of the world. (laughs) That's a (laughs) six. So the plan in and of itself is their security blanket. If they plan for this case scenario, in in case scenarios B through F, then that will help them feel like they can move forward better. But if they can't, if something in their life is happening that they haven't planned for and couldn't have planned for, it can be deeply uprooting for them. And then seven, do you see? What I'm saying we're on seven. Like this
2: is so it's so much, and I'm trying to I'm boil just it down. Thinking about like everything that's going on right now, like how are the Type Six people like surviving? Like how are they doing right now? <laughs> oh, I know it's so hard. I I know a Type Six. I love I love this type six very much, but
0: she's struggling, you know, because there is so much unknown and it it can actually wear you out. Like I think a lot of people are sleeping more right now because They're genuinely being worn out just by their emotional spectrum of uh, trying to deal with this. But sixes in particular, this has got to be hard. So type sevens are the enthusiast. And this is the one I think is a strong wing of yours. So I enjoy unencumbered, therefore I am. And I felt like unencumbered was an important addition. Not just I enjoy, therefore I am. Because sevens want to just live life to the best and fullest and with the most fun and most sense of adventure and newness and all of those things without any nasty negative emotions, weighing them down. Like that's just a burden. We don't have time for that. That would be a seven. So <laughs> they tend to, I mean, they are for sure the life of the party and they're always going to like push you out of your comfort zone because you are be like, let's try this thing. And you're like, uh, couldn't we die? And you're like, let's do it. Um, <laughs> um, but a lot of times that forward motion, like constantly wanting to do the new and the now is because they're actually avoiding the past. They're avoiding the fear. They're avoiding the uncertainty. So I would imagine this would also be a hard time for sevens because one, they don't really have the freedom to do too much. And two, they're also having to stay home and focus on the things that they've tried so hard to avoid. So I would imagine if a seven was stuck at home right now, they're probably like inventing something new, coming up with an online course, like taking all of the online like <laughs> dance classes or something like that because they they so desperately just want to keep their mind um, and their bodies active so that they don't have to focus on the emotions. And then type eight is the challenger. I prevail, therefore I am, <laughs> is the way I put it. And I just see the challenger as like this person who they want to prevail they they want to be on top in a way they want to be the best um but they also i said prevail too because it has this sense of like duty you know and i think that challengers really feel a deep sense of duty to their underdog friends to injustices in the world they want to take up those causes too and they want to prevail against them so that's definitely the challenger um they, again, if you're a female, it can be hard because people see you as too much. Like, why do you speak your mind so much? Why do you just walk into a room and take up so much space? But, you know, obviously the thing is, is that men have been taking up a lot of space for a long time. And so it feels uncomfortable for them when a female just does that, you know, unencumbered. So eights are really powerful, especially for females. I I've, I feel for you. And I, I think too, that female eights are just the coolest. So type eight, oh, sorry, type nine, the last one is the peacemaker. And the pe- Smirker's so interesting. So uh, my I am statement for it is I mediate, therefore I am. They're the... The highest number, they kind of sit in a position of being able to see all the other numbers. Type 9s tend to mistype a lot and struggle with typing themselves because they can empathize and see themselves as any of the numbers, and that's because they're the peacemaker. And um, I, I try not to type others, but I would really encourage um, you, Hannah, actually to maybe look at the peacemaker and read the subtypes and just see how that resonates with you. I could be totally wrong. I, I don't know you like as well as I know Emily, of course. But um, the Peacemakers are really cool in that they are the person I would want any of my business teams to have a nine on them because they are, they're problem solvers, but in like a quiet way, like in a really efficient way because they can see all of the numbers like all of their, everybody on the team and know what to say or how to handle it in a way that will lead to peace, that will lead to a resolution. They don't like conflict and they don't tend to want to be like the top of anything. They'd rather be the more supporting role, but that's again an archetype. We've had presidents who are type nines. It's just that usually in those cases, um, the type nine had a type three or type eight spouse, partner or best friend who was constantly their cheerleader and encourager. So
2: that's the type nine. Cool. I'll have to read into that one. So to go like a little farther into like what this all means now that we have discussed like all the different types. So like I said, I, I've taken the test like different times. And The first time I took it, I said I was, it said I was a three with a wing four. And then you had told me that I was an eight wing seven. I feel like definitely like when you read that description to me, like I really felt. Seen in a way because there were a lot of things that now I don't know what was pulling from the seven and what was pulling from like an eight and everything, but there was a lot of things that I felt like resonated with me as being somebody who is a control freak, but also like I definitely feel like I am someone who likes, you know, pulling for somebody who is more of like an underdog like you said like somebody one of my friends like who doesn't have like the same like access to things that I do like I'm like I I tell Hannah like all the time like even all my other friends that are musicians like I'm like oh I know like these people who like own bars and own venues like I literally will just give out my connections to like my friends just to help them like get better gigs I did it on a date with a guy once and then he used me for that gig so like I, I am always like helping people with that I mean the guy that i am currently seeing is an actor at uh at school with us and like i have like put him in connections like with other filmmakers that i know who would love him to audition for different things so I feel like I'm always like trying to do that as well but I also am the the friend I guess like this is where the seven comes in where I'm like let's go out let's have fun and everything because I just don't want to think about like my present moment my present situation like I'm like let's go out let's have drinks let's have a fun time let's party so I don't have to be alone and focus on everything because especially like now like being trapped in my house like all day that's not fun that's not fun at all it's I had to focus on things that I don't want to focus on it's fun and then hannah what what, you've taken it like twice because i made you take it one time like a couple months ago and it got it gave you something and now what is it that it gave you
1: yeah so the first time i took it it told me seven wing eight and then second time i took it three wing two so i really truly don't know <laughs> um i feel like i'm more the th- more a three than i am a seven i like to go and like do and try new things but i definitely don't feel like that is like the soul like where i get my motivation from or like the
2: sole purpose of my life to fulfill i guess so yes, yeah, so i don't really i don't really know do you feel like after listening to all this you feel like more like a three or do you still like curious like which one you feel more like. I Feel like I need to read more about it. But based on like what epiphany said, yeah, I think I would
1: be
0: more of a 3 than I would be a 7. Yeah, so it's really interesting. When you take free assessments, it's important to know that they're maybe 70% accurate. Um so you're likely going to have to take it a few times or maybe take it on different sites and and what I use that for is just a free first step idea of maybe narrowing it down, but I don't think that that's a science at all. What I take to do is I tell people to take the quiz, think about what has mostly been true of them for most of their life, and also to take those numbers and then go to the Enneagram Institute website and read the descriptions of those numbers. Heck, read the description of all the numbers and see which ones actually speak more to you more. Because I really think that your gut, like your person, is going to respond more than an AI type program logarithm quiz like buzzfeed quizzes are super fun Mm -hmm. but how often are they super correct you know so uh, use it as a starting (laughs) point because there are nine numbers to maybe narrow it down and then read that and then read your subtypes and I know we haven't really dived into that too much but each number has a subtype which means there are 27 subtypes total that's a lot of variation between them and in those subtypes you have someone who would act like you would expect say a four to act there's someone who would act counter to what you would think a forward act doesn't mean that they're not still a four it's just looking about whether they're
2: the type that are the anti-type or somewhere in between so okay so i i I think i get what you're saying because like i know with astrology like there's three different types of each of the zodiacs so is that that mean kind of like the same like how there's like different types of like variations of that number
0: right and i'm not an expert in astrology by any means but i mean there's like the one that you are where your moon is and where your saturn is and where like there's i think the astrology is an interesting comparison to make because there's the everyone kind of knows the the main ones but you can go so much deeper and there's so Mm -hmm. much more nuance that can happen there it's the exact same with Mm -hmm. the enneagram where you can know the nine but there's a lot more nuance there so it's it's all up to you and how deep you you want to go
2: can your enneagram like change ever. Like if you like go through like a traumatic event or something like that, like over time, like as you grow as a person, like if you were to take it now and then versus when you were to take it, like take when you're 18 versus when like you are 30, would you say? Yeah. So
0: like your Myers-Briggs could change. Like I used to be an INFP and now I'm an ENFP, but your Enneagram core number doesn't change. What does change though is how you are kind of relating within that number across your life. So your number is deeply ingrained in you as a childhood response to your environment. But then you have the number you go to in stress, you have the number you go to in security, the where what level of health you are within your number, what's your subtype like there is a lot of variation and even with your wings, I lean more into my three wing now, but I can see some five wing in me and I could definitely shift in my later years to focus and lean more into my five wing, but I would never stop being a four because my core motivation and my core fear really as
2: a human being is going to stay the same. All right. So you've, we we have said so much about wings. Yes. What what the heck are wings? Like what, what is that? Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe (laughs) I probably should have said this at the top, but wings
0: are your neighboring numbers. So if, you're a nine, then you could be an eight or a one on your right side. It's kind of like being the king card, you you're, it would be a queen or an ace. Or if you're an ace, it would be a king mm-hmm. or a one. So that's how the nines work, because that's the weirder one. But any of the other ones, you know, so if you're a four, then you could be a wing three or a wing five. So you can borrow from the numbers on either side, and you can have balanced wings too. You can be a seven with balanced um, six and eight qualities within you, and Again, those can grow and change as you grow and change, not the numbers themselves,
2: but just how much you draw from them. Gotcha. So Hannah, you were three wing two. Mm-hmm. So like trying to think like what the two was, like the helper and everything. do you, oh, well, you mean, yeah, you were like in a service field where you help others <laughs> a
0: lot. This is very true.
2: Yeah. <laughs> so do you like, so it's basically like someone like that, like in me, like I am an eight wing seven. Does that mean like, is it similar to like a seven wing eight? Right. So if you're an eight wing seven, your core
0: fear kind of is this fear of not being in control or being controlled by someone who you feel is unworthy of that. Whereas a seven's core fear lies in their um, unwillingness to go deep or negative with their emotions. So their motivation forward is is action oriented because they're trying to avoid those emotions. Whereas an eight, they're, they're more action oriented. To be in control so that they don't feel out of control of their life. But you can borrow from the other numbers as far as their qualities. That doesn't mean that you don't love going out. It doesn't mean that you don't maybe want to avoid some of those negative emotions because you'd rather have fun. But your like core get up and go is being an an action person for change and control. Like you want to be a leader. Like that just Mm. period, hands down. You want to be a leader and you want to help others who you think need that help gotcha Mm -hmm.
2: so i you've talked briefly when we were going through the types about like growth and stress and like i've heard people talk about levels of development and like who you are like when like you're unhealthy i guess you break that down like and for everybody to know like what all that means because i know like there's so many paragraphs and there's so much written about this that it can get super heavy for people is there a way like that's to explain it?
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I'll use myself as an example because I'm most intimately familiar with myself as I kind of grow deeper in my knowledge of the others, but um, I'm a four. So I go to two in stress and one in growth. So if I'm in a place of stress, then I might feel like I need to be more needy emotionally because I need attention. I need someone to love on me. I, I don't I'll f- start feeling like, cause the low side of a two when twos are givers and helpers and everything is to feel like no one actually loves me. If I stop doing these things, no one would be around like, you know, like it's transactional. And so fours can feel like that when they're in their place of stress. And so they'll become super emotionally needy, like an unhealthy two would. But if I'm in a good place, if I'm in a place of growth and I go to one and ones are super organized, um, they're actually more action oriented. They're better at making a task list and getting things done. So when I'm in a good space, I can be really moving forward and and feel like I can actually accomplish the things that I need to do to reach my dreams. But it just depends upon where I am. So that's just an example. And again, going back to Hannah, that's why I keep looking at nines, because threes go to nines in stress. Nines go to threes in growth. So you guys share a line. And so it's easy. Nines, threes, and sixes, you all share a line. So always look at those as potential other numbers you could be because it's easier to mistype when you do go to one of those numbers in a place of stress or growth.
1: I really feel like I need to go in after this episode and read about a nine now.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Please do. Let me know how it goes.
2: What would an eight be? for growth and stress?
0: So eights go to two in growth. So they do become like super giving and like super, what can I do for you? Like, how can I, how can I help you? Like you were saying with connecting friends to, to, to people and helping them move further in their careers. In a place of stress, you go to five and the low side of five can be very disconnected from people, like from those around them. Um, They'll kind of become hoarders of their energy. So they actually won't go out and do things. They just want to stay home and kind of be self indulgent.
2: <laughs> Hannah is like eyeing me. She's giving me the full on evil eye right that now. It's like
1: when quarantine started, and you were like, "If you were going to come to me with negativity, I do not want to speak to you." <laughs>
2: like that's. <laughs> posted it like on my Instagram story and
0: well so again okay so Hannah I'm just gonna come pick on you again so if nines are in a place of stress they go to a six and sixes are going to go into a more negative space in a time like this because again their their number is one of fear so they're gonna be like kind of like the sky is falling like that can be the mindset of a six in stress so um they're gonna be thinking about all the negatives like all the things they can't
2: do I
1: think I think I might be I think i might. Might be a nine. <laughs> Literally, before we
2: hopped on this call, she was just like, I'm so over this quarantine. I am so ready to get out of this house. I cannot stand it anymore. I am done with this. We are overreacting about everything. And I was like... Hi, Emily good was morning. like, please don't cut
1: my throat. Like, I'm just here to like have a good time. I was um,
2: like, good morning. Um, that is so funny.
0: Yeah. Well, so there you go. That's something to consider. And then again, you go to three in a place of growth, so that would make sense. Like, threes yeah, would resonate with you because if you're mostly in a healthy space and you're constantly thinking like, how do I move forward in my career as a person? Yeah, all those things. So
2: I just want to say that when I'm at, so if I'm a t- if I'm a two, when I'm in And I don't want people to ever say that me helping them out is me being codependent (laughs) or like thing it's like no i'm actually doing something good for you i'm putting you first which is a shocker that's funny that's relatable triads what the heck is that and i feel like that's something that, like one of, the, one of the last questions about the whole daunting thing when it comes to um enneagrams i just i have not heard anything about this but like what exactly is it because i don't when it comes to triad all i think about is like cities right
0: because <laughs> <The triad laughs> we city. live
2: in the triad <laughs> Yeah.
0: What does that mean? Yeah, so triad just means that of the nine numbers, they've split it into three groups. And it, it's crazy because I, when you think about the Enneagram and how it's actually thousands of years old and they have no clue where it came from, it's so mysterious how it can make so much sense. And it, it's so mysterious how it does just like perfectly divide into this like mathematical thing of beauty. And I don't even particularly love math, but I just find the symmetry here. Here, really nice. Aesthetic, as Hannah says. Um, <laughs> so the gut triad is 8, 9, and 1. And like we talked about earlier, you make a decision based off of your gut. But within that number, with 8, 9, and 1, there's the person that like listens to their gut, kind of like very externally, the person who's more internal with their gut, and then the person who kind of ignores it altogether. <laughs> and then with the heart triad, same sort of deal. It's making a decision based off of your feelings, and that's two, three, and four. And you're either external about your feelings, internal about your feelings, or um, you try to ignore them altogether. And then, um, or repress them is probably the better word. And then with your head triad, that's where you kind of intellectualize. You make a decision after making a pros and cons list type deal. And that's the five, six, and sevens. And again, you can external, internal, or suppress. So those are the triads. I don't know.
1: I feel like I make decisions based on my head. Interesting. I don't know. I don't know if that means- you were- Anything. She's
2: you are a lot more logical like, and we've talked about this before on the podcast i don't remember what episode it was i have no idea uh but i remember like i think it was like something about like m- like motivation like within a new year or something like that when we were t- i was talking about like me moving to los angeles just like on a gut instinct without like a without a like plan <laughs> and hannah's like that just terrifies me <laughs> like uh, where you have to think more logically
1: which is what i did when i with when i went to school i mean i got a degree in something that i knew i could get a job in so that i could do music on the side because i needed to be financially stable because the fear of not having that stability like i I couldn't i couldn't do what you guys did i mean i tried it just didn't work out uh (laughs) so then i was like well screw that
2: And then I just got bitter, so. <laughs> Whereas me, I'm just like, if I'm homeless, I'm homeless. <laughs> I won't be homeless.
0: But
1: like, no, you're not going to be homeless. We'll oh. come to your
0: rescue. It's important to realize that in the gut triad, though, that nines are the ones that kind of ignore their gut. So that might be why you turn to intellectualizing to make a decision because you were kind of suppressing your gut. Mm. Huh. My entire four and a half year relationship? What? <laughs>
2: Literally two eighty, literally two eighty. Just like mm, no, like it, it's, fine. It's, it's, fine. Fine. it's fine. It's gonna be fine. It's gonna be fine. <laughs> it's gonna be fine. Fine, <laughs> Hannah, you are miserable. I'm not miserable. It's fine. It's, it's fine. fine. I'm great. It's great. <laughs> oh my god, that's funny. Well, that goes back to how it, like, yeah, the enneagram calls you out, man. So interesting. Yeah. No, I I love that, but I mean. Speaking of relationships, is there is there like compatibility when it comes to like what the types are? Uh, like do like is type nines work best with type twos or whatever or is that not like a really a thing when it comes to Enneagrams can you really try and get along with everybody it just depends on you know the work and if you're healthy or unhealthy
0: yeah um well yeah so not necessarily any number can go with any number for sure and I know that like Myers-Briggs will break it out into like this person's a better companion versus a better friend versus a better roommate you know um but the Enneagram just isn't that type of tool it's just it's way more a tool for self-knowledge and growth and then empathy for how you approach the, the relationships in your life. Even the most difficult relationships, not just romantic relationships, but like the people who have that crazy mother-in-law or like the super judgy aunt. Like that's, <laughs> you can use the Enneagram for those relationships, but it doesn't mean that one is more compatible with another. And since like we've talked about, every person could be at any level of health within their number. And they could be at their stress point number or the security number, or they could be le- On one of their wings heavier in this season than another number in another season. There's just way too many variables to play that game. So I would just say, like, focus on knowing yourself and then having open communication to better know your partner, no matter which number they are.
2: That's what we're always saying on here. Hmm.
1: So would you recommend, like, once you figure out what you are and like read all about that and like have a really nice understanding of that, like, would you recommend like studying up on the other types so that you know them better? Because like you can talk about them. just like on the spot. And so like, I don't even know what I am. So I'm like, I feel like in order to be more empathetic, like you kind of have to know what the different types are.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. I immediately dove into the other numbers as soon as I even had like a rudimentary understanding of mine and then just got deeper and deeper with all of them as much as I could and it's still obviously a journey but it's been a game changer because like my stepdad who I love and adore but he's a type one and it would drive me insane like I said with the dishwasher like in high school like honestly like be glad that I'm putting dishes in the dishwasher (laughs) why are you being difficult um (laughs) my list of chores was like nine years long because he wanted everything to be immaculate and it just drove me insane and then we became closer once I left the house but now I can look at the enneagram, and be like, oh, like I just have so much more grace with him. Like, oh my gosh, that's just how he sees the world. The enneagram is about. You know when they say like, see the world through rose colored glasses. Imagine there being nine colors of glasses. Okay, seven's probably the rose. They're probably over there like, "It's great. It's fun and pink." Um but every number has their shade. Their lenses that they're seeing the world through. So helping to understand that allows me to be more patient when it doesn't align with how I see the world. I'm trying
2: to imagine like I feel like I've heard of so many bosses that are type 1, and I'm just like I'd rather have a type 8 than a type 1 the boss. No. <laughs> Just because I'm just thinking, like, I I have, and I've heard my my friends complain about like with their jobs and everything. They're like, oh my God, like, yeah, like she's, he or she is like very much like this type of person. And they're the kind of person that would have like that super perfectionist analytical mindset and working underneath somebody like that. I feel like would be like super stressful. So it's interesting to see like how this can play into different aspects of your life. Like, so so when it does come to work, when it comes to your friendships and things like that. And I see now like why you value it so much, like when it does come to like being a leader and like, Having a team and like being in business, and um, trying to cultivate like a team that has a wide array of different people because then, like, you know, usually probably what works better together, and um how to like talk to that person or how to lead that kind of person that makes sense
0: oh yeah absolutely and there's some amazing podcasts that um I hadn't written down because I didn't think that I just didn't think we would go into this arena but there's an amazing episode on this podcast called building your story brand that speaks specifically to how you would lead each enneagram type number and how each enneagram type number would um kind of prefer to be led so it's super eye-opening series um so that you can know like if you're a teacher, I think it helps with how to interact with your students. If you're a filmmaker, it helps you know how to interact with your crew. Like I I think it's something that's super applicable no matter what your industry is.
2: Back to like on relationships, like is, do you think there's any like certain way that the types like to communicate or how they express And show love in any way? Does that come into play with Enneagrams? Yeah. um, I I think a lot of it will come down to going back
0: to those I am statements we talked about above. Uh, So since that's how they see themselves as valuable, it's likely going to be directly linked to how they will try and show you that they value you and probably how they might want it returned because they place such high value on it. So like for instance, if you're a type one, then your value lies in those loving actions you do for others. And that you're super thoughtful and you remember things. So that process, like my thought process, if I was a two would be like, okay, if I keep all these actions up, then you'll never abandon me. But the truth is, is that, let's see, your partner wouldn't just love you because of those actions, right? So a way to show your love for them is to say like, sit them down and be like, I see you, I see all the things you do. I appreciate those things that you do. But here here are other ways that I love you because that's, that's not the only reason I love you. If that makes sense, but they're they're gonna show their love for sure by like I ordered dinner and I know all your favorite pizza toppings, so I got that and hooray, you know, like that's gonna be their thought process (laughs) is always showing how deeply
2: thoughtful they are and that they're thinking of you. So can your enneagram determine how you fall in love and like I know you talk about like people like we attract and how like B and A like I could attract people who are fours and stuff like that. Is that is there a certain like thing with that? I guess like does like this type always attract this type? Yeah, no, that does make sense. I think if you're
0: in a healthy space with your number, then you're probably going to attract other healthy people. Damage
2: attracts damage and healthy people attract healthy people. Yeah,
0: yeah, um, that's still true even within the Enneagram. (laughs) But if you're unhealthy, then I would say yes, that that there are certain numbers that would be kind of drawn to others. For example, a a fear-filled six might gravitate more towards a powerful eight um, who doesn't want to be challenged and would just prefer to keep it that way because you can see there how they would perfectly fulfill each other's kind of codependent needs. The six is constantly afraid and doesn't feel like, you know, um, they know what the future holds. And so an unhealthy six. And so what better way to deal with that than to have an eight who always has a plan, who always is in charge. So the six doesn't have to quote unquote worry as much. And then the eight doesn't have to grow or allow their six to grow, their six partner to grow because, they're also in an unhealthy space and they would just rather be in charge and, and not really look at compromising or actively listening to their partner who has legitimate feelings or fears about a whatever situation may be. So that's just one example. But yeah, the important thing is really to learn about yourself so you know when
2: you're going to an unhealthy space, because then that empowers you to self-correct so you can avoid those unhealthy relationships. So I'm thinking like if I like as an eight, if I was to be with somebody who was like a six, like an un- unhealthy version of that and like wanted like, yeah, I love being in control and in charge and everything and like wear the pants in the relationship but also like that gets boring (laughs) well yeah you also want someone who challenges you and someone that you feel like you can respect as as an equal
0: partner that doesn't mean that Mm -hmm. you're not going to butt heads but like to you that would be a sign of a healthy relationship
2: yeah yeah especially as i like that was like one reason why I, i am always attracted to people i think who are super intellectual or i can have like deep conversations with because then like if you can challenge my thoughts and make me think more then i am attracted to you because you're not just agreeing with everything i'm saying like there's like that dialogue that we could have and i, I know hannah agrees with that and that she can test to that too with her relationships as well
1: yeah i definitely i've been in a relationship with both kinds of people and i definitely enjoy the person who is like more intellectual and wants to challenge my conversations and encourage me to do things and that sort of thing
0: so good that's great well good that's that means that both of y'all are in a more healthy space with your numbers so hooray
2: <laughs> someone tell my therapist that <laughs>
0: Hey, that does not mean that we don't have all our stuff that we have to deal with. Like, I'm still in therapy. I've been in therapy for like four years now, but I I love it. I love it. It's like me time, just unadulterated me time. I'm a huge advocate for it.
2: Is there any other resources that you would recommend people could like look at and reach out to and check out for more information like in regards to uh, the Enneagram?
0: Yes. So for books, I've put three there are more, but The Complete Enneagram by Beatrice Chestnut, She's she has a doctorate. She's incredibly brilliant and has a dictionary-sized book that I usually keep by my bed because I'm a weirdo and that's my nighttime reading. But um, that breaks down the 27 subtypes. So if you've ever wanted to know for a number, any number, stress, growth, orientation to time, like all those things and the subtypes and what those look like and all that stuff, it is insane. Like I think it's the quintessential um, one-stop shop for all things the Enneagram. But if that feels entirely too overwhelming, there's The Road Back to You by Ian Morgan Cron and Suzanne Stabile. And they're kind of like the mom and dad of the modern Enneagram. Um, even though it's been around thousands of years, it had a, a resurgence starting in around the 70s um, in America, thanks to Jesuits, oddly enough. Um, so I guess surprisingly enough oddly sounds weird but um (laughs) Ian and Susan are super down to earth they live in Nashville just kind kind people they each have their own um podcast too that we'll get to in a second but The Road Back to You is the great like first stop book to get it will not be overwhelming I love the first page of each chapter because he basically breaks it down to like you might be a type one if you da 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 so you can kind of read those and very quickly get a sense of like oh that sounds like me or that doesn't. And then The Paths Between Us by Susan Stabile uh, is talking about... How each number relates to the other numbers. So I think that's a great interrelational book. Like you were talking about, Hannah, as far as um, understanding the other numbers and and being able to be more empathetic with them. And then if you're into podcasts, which I hope you are because you're listening to this one, is Any Agreement Coffee, I think for y'all's like audience would really speak to because Sarah Jane Case is this super cool chick. She lives in Asheville, North Carolina, which is where we hail from. I know. She's amazing. Like she has an Instagram account and I, I think I followed it when she had like maybe a thousand, two thousand, And now she has like over 250K. It's She has a I summit. Like she has a book coming out. Like this girl is on fire. So um, definitely check her out. And she just started her podcast. So I would suggest that one. And then Ian Morgan Cron, the author mentioned before, he has Typology. Suzanne Stabil, the other author, she has The Enneagram Journey. Um, she has such a calming voice. So if you just want to like, I don't know, like make some sweet tea and listen to someone who's going to chill you out listen to Suzanne Stabile like she could read me bedtime stories and then lastly if your peeps like music at all I cannot suggest Sleeping At Last enough it's this awesome band where the um the head songwriter singer, has written a track for each of the Enneagram numbers. So he has, it's the album's called Atlas, I think, and it's track one through nine. And the way that he spins words into like pure magic just blows my mind. And I totally balled my eyes out when I listened to four. So for sure, check them out. Oh, that's, that's so really cool. cool.
2: Yeah. righty. Well, thank you so much, Epiphany, for coming on our podcast today and being our first guest. Oh, yay. It's been a blast having you. Last but not least, where can people find you? Where can they check you out? Oh, yeah, of course. So, Barefaced Brunch, we have a blog.
0: It's barefacedbrunch.com. Um, we're on Instagram at Brunch. And of course, our podcast is on iTunes and Spotify. But I would love to also connect with y'all personally. I'm way, way more active on my personal Instagram account because right now I'm a one woman show. So, so that's at Epiphany James. So I hope to connect with you all there.
2: I look forward to meeting you. And we will leave all her links and everything like in the show notes for you guys to check out. And her name—it's just like the word Epiphany, <laughs> not so Tiffany. It'll y'all. be easy to find. Not it.
0: Stephanie. Not, <laughs> not
2: Tiffany. Not Stephanie. <laughs> not serendipity. Like Epiphany. We got you. We got you, girl. Well, thank you so much. Yes, for thank you on. so much. This is so fun. Thank you. I We've loved it so much. I feel like I know so
0: much more now. I feel like halfway through I changed, you know? Literally. <laughs> yes go check that out and let me know you can you can only
2: type yourself sis so
0: it's whatever feels the most yeah, right yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: well thank
0: you thank you yes thank
2: you and guys go and check her out on her podcast and her Instagram and everything like that we're gonna be right back with you guys and finish up episode but thank you again yeah for coming on and make sure you guys go check out her podcast leave her some love you guys are the best and
1: so that was our Enneagram episode with Epiphany James we hope you guys enjoyed it our survival tip would be to go home and take the Enneagram test and read all of the different ones and kind of type yourself. Like Epiphany said, kind of use the test, take it with a grain of salt, and then read each one and see which one you truly resonate with. Because I got a three, but I might be a nine. Who really knows?
2: Yeah. I mean, and like I said, like when I took it, like it took, Epiphany was the one who pointed out that I was an eight. So, I mean, when she pointed that out, like, I would not have, like, thought about that one if she hadn't mentioned it. And I was like, oh, this makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So, yeah, I definitely um, take it, but, like, do your own research as well.
1: And then read up on the other ones so that you can, you know, be a little bit more empathetic towards your relationships and towards other people in your life who you might not get along with as well or may not understand where they're coming from as well. So I think that's a really cool tool. And something that I didn't know anything about that I learned a lot about today. So definitely check it out. And so that does it for today's episode of The Gals Guide. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at The Gals Guide Pod.
2: Also, like us on Facebook at The Gals Guide and become a Gals Scout in our Facebook community.
1: You can also hit us up on our website, TheGalsGuidePod.com, and on our personal social media, which we will link in the show notes. Also, please leave us a review on iTunes. It really does help us out.
2: So thanks for listening, gals, and we hope you come back for our next journey.